Today's New Testament reading is from Titus, the first and second chapters. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness, in hope of eternal life which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began and at the proper time manifested in his word, through the preaching with which I have been entrusted by the command of God our Savior. To Titus, my true child in a common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. This is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife, and his children are believers and not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. For an overseer, as God's steward, must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught, so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. For there are many who are insubordinate, empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision party. They must be silenced, since they are upsetting whole families by teaching for shameful gain what they ought not to teach. One of the Cretans, a prophet of their own, said Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Therefore rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith, not devoting themselves to Jewish myths and the commands of people who turn away from the truth. To the pure all things are pure. But to the defiled and unbelieving nothing is pure, but both their minds and their consciences are defiled. They profess to know God, but they deny Him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. This is the word of the Lord. For today's meditation on God's word, we welcome Pastor Chris Hull. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. On my heart imprint your image, blessed Jesus, King of grace that life's riches, cares, and pleasures never may your work erase. Let the clear inscription be, Jesus crucified for me, is my life my hope's foundation, and my glory and salvation. Amen. Our text for meditation is 
St. Paul's letter to St. Titus, specifically the first chapter, his greeting and his qualifications for elders. When we look at this text, it is amazing the opening, the first three verses, how quickly we usually pass by these greetings from St. Paul. We, we know he always greets people, and he ends it with, you know, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. But some of these letters, or really all of Paul's letters, you have to pay attention to his first verses, because they're going to define everything else that's being said in the epistle. Paul says this, he says, Paul, a servant, or better yet, a slave, one who's bound of God, and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Why? Why is he these? For the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness, in the hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began, and at the proper time manifested in his word through the preaching with which I have been entrusted by the command of God our Savior. So God, who, who is not a liar, why is Paul an apostle? Why is he a preacher? It says here, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth. So often pastors abandon this. I myself do it. We don't see these words, why am I a pastor? Why am I a preacher? It's for the sake of the faith of God's elect, of those that Christ has gathered to me by the Holy Spirit, in order that they may be forgiven. That is why I preach. That is why every pastor preaches and teaches, catechizes, communes, baptizes, visits, that's everything he does, is for the sake of the faith, the trust that God's elect have in Jesus, and for the knowledge of the truth, the knowledge of Christ himself. When we flee from this and go outside of this, it is not a good thing. It's not blessed by God. As Luther says in the large catechism for the second commandment, that the greatest abuse of the second commandment of God's name is preaching falsely, as he says, peddling, lying nonsense concerning the word of God. When a pastor is doing anything besides preaching the truth, the law, and the gospel for the sake of the elect. And then that's his whole life is based toward this. All of the qualifications of a pastor, of an elder, are for the sake of the elect. That he have a good conscience. Uh, that Paul says in verse 9, he must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught, so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it that he is there to preach and teach in season and out of season, in order that everyone may have a good conscience and a right faith, a faith that clings solely to the grace of Jesus the Christ. Brother, pastors, and I must repent when we don't walk in this. Those who hear must repent when they seek something else from their pastor besides this, when they seek him to be anything besides the one given by Christ to preach the word, in order that they may have a sure and certain hope in their eternal life. We must repent when we walk outside of this. But in that repentance, in that contrition, we have that guilt over knowing that we have done this. There is more to that repentance, and that is faith. Faith that our Lord Jesus forgives us. May we cling to that forgiveness, because that is what Jesus sent St. Paul to preach. That's what he sent Peter, James, John to preach. That's what he sent Luther to preach. That's what he sent Walther and Leah to preach. What he sent Herman Sasa, Robert Preuss, Kurt Marquardt to preach. That's what he sends Matthew Harrison out to preach. That's what he sends Chris Hall out to preach. And every pastor today to preach is one thing. The gospel of Jesus the Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect, and their knowledge of the truth, that they may have the assurance and hope a hope that is based not on their emotions, but upon the promise of Jesus, because he is never a liar.
Be at peace, all who hear the gospel. You are forgiven. You are absolved. You will live forever with the eternal Jesus. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.